climb up the hill to you. Good morning. How y'all doing? Good, I hope. Uh, it's a great day in the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, if you're outside of Jesus, I talk about this a lot. Uh, Paul says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, when you put on the Lord Jesus Christ, you really what you're putting is you're putting your husband on you. We're the wife of Christ. When you put your husband on you, uh, you better not go try to sin. You better not try to do things that your husband doesn't like. You know, there's a lot of things that uh, we do on earth that isn't pleasing to God. And we want to please our Father which is in heaven. Amen? I mean, just it's good food for thought, right? Look around your life. Look at your home. Look at how you're living, how you're talking, what you're looking at. I mean, every element of your life. And ask the Lord, is this what you want in my life? You know, you have to do it all the time. You just can't do it one time and think, well, okay, I got it. Because things come into our life. All kinds of stuff gets poured into our life as time goes on. And before you know it, how many times have you moved? And you think, well, where did all this junk come from? I mean, I've only been here five years and I've got so much stuff, I can't even put it in my U-Haul. You know, that's kind of what happens. You move in with a suitcase and you leave with a, uh, a airline, you know, allied moving van, you know, come in with a suitcase. So uh, that's kind of like our life. We come in, you know, uh, you know, without anything on. We come in our birthday suit and uh, we grow from there. And you can look around your life, you can see how much has been added to your life because you don't look like you did when you came out of your mom's womb. <laughs> about that, right? So uh, that's the same way about being born again. When we're born again, we also come anew in a new birthday suit. And that new birthday suit is Jesus Christ. And so when you, when you put on the new, the new, for the lack of better words, you know, that new uh, birthday suit called Jesus Christ, uh, you want to leave the rest behind. You know, so that lady was screaming and yelling at me. She just hates what I'm doing. She hates God with a vengeance. Why is that? Am I doing anything wrong on my public property? I'm not talking to her, I'm talking to the camera. You see, that's what we see out here. You don't see that in church. And so people who criticize me, church people who criticize me, they don't know what's going on out here on the street. So you have to have the armor of God on, you have to have the Lord Jesus Christ on, you have to have the armor of light on, and you gotta be walking in the spirit. You have to be inside your birthday suit. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that we can uh, come out to the street, we can lift up the Word of God, we can lift up our voice, because obviously she was hearing me preach. And uh, I thank you, Lord, Riley's here, he's hearing me talk. And I thank you, Lord, many people uh, can see what I'm doing. A lot of people know what we're doing. Uh, probably a, a six, seven, eight, ten people said good morning to me walking down here, and I was able to minister to all those people. Every one of them, not one of them flipped me off. Not one of them got mad at me. Kind of weird, but that's what happened today. And uh, so we just give you all the honor and all the glory for this uh, message today and what's going to go on and uh, uh, this time here at 30th and Arapahoe. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. So uh, we're in the Sunday prayer letter titled, The Greeks Believe. Another word for Greek in the King James is Gentile. The Gentiles believed. You know, Jesus was not sent to the Gentile. A lot of people don't get that. Uh, he wasn't sent to the Gentiles, he was sent to the house of Israel, right? And then Paul was sent to the Gentiles, okay? And some of the other apostles, they also traveled that way, and we're all called to go around the world. And uh, that calling kind of changed a lot when, when uh, God said, when Jesus said, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel, and he said that to the apostles. And so that's why many of them traveled from that point forward. And that's why I've traveled all my life. I've been in 23 countries, and I've been ministering everywhere I go. 
even though I've had different jobs in traveling those countries because I had to work, uh, I was still able to minister. And uh, I've always been a minister. Seems like all my life, it seems like. But the Greeks believe, that's Acts 14, verse 1, and we're in, this, uh, we're in the theme called signs, wonders, miracles, praise, worship. I hope this camera's coming through. I'm kind of on a hill here, and uh, I'm kind of looking up at the camera. I'm, I'm guessing this is coming in okay, and uh, Riley just said it's okay. <laughs> so God bless you, Riley. <laughs> it was on my... Uh, uh, class day. What do you think about those classes, man? I think those are pretty good. I apologize for that scratching on my beard. You know, I don't have any, uh, I don't have what I need yet. Uh, and I don't wait till I have everything I need to get started. Because if I waited, personally, I don't know about you, but about me, if I waited till I had everything I needed, I'd probably never get started. So God gives me enough to get started, and I get started by faith. And it's not perfect. The camera's not perfect, the microphone's not perfect, but we started, okay? And uh, just because it looks like it is today doesn't mean it's going to look like that next week or two weeks from now or the next couple days. So uh, I'm praying and believing for a, some kind of a microphone setup and another camera so I can use this camera, this phone, for the app on the class. But I don't have that yet, and it'll come, all right? I know that for a fact. So I apologize again, uh, as I did several times during both the classes. I apologize for that. And... Uh, We'll see what happens, all right? God bless you. <laughs> all right, so uh, this is part three on Tuesday. Our Sunday prayer letter has seven parts, one part for each day of the week. This is Tuesday, Acts 14, verses 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. 8 through 12 will go. Uh, chapter 14, verse 8. Chapter, uh, verse 8. All right, I think what I'll do is I'll just read down through there, and then we'll come back to verse 8, and we'll kind of talk all the way through and see what the Holy Spirit has for us, all right? All right, verse 8 in chapter 14 of the book of Acts of the Apostles in the King James Bible. Oh boy, the King James Bible. Oh, <laughs> you know what I think about that, don't you? All right, King James, verse 8. And there sat a certain man at Lystra, Lystra, impotent in his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked. Okay, uh, verse 9. The same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed, verse 10, said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet. And he leaped and walked, verse 11. And when the people saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of uh, Lycaonia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, 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 I forget how you talk, uh, because he was the chief speaker. Right. Thank you, Lord, for the reading of your word. So that's the verses we're going to go through, it looks like. Is that right? 8 through 12? Yeah. So let's go back up to 8 here, and we'll kind of talk through there. And there sat a certain man. When the, when the Bible says certain, it means that there God is isolating one particular individual to do a miracle, okay? Now, there could have been many crippled people. You know, a lot of times when you see somebody that's uh, not uh, all together, there's usually a second or a third, you know? I started my ministry, my first ministry calling. Uh, uh, when I was in Bible school, the first job I had to do was in a nursing home, okay? In a nursing home, you know, there's cripples everywhere. And that really... Uh, 
uh, started the process or the building, God building into me a compassion for sick and dying, hurting people. Because uh, that really broke my heart. I've never been to a nursing home before that. And here I am, 29 years old. Now, by the time I was probably 31, 32, something like that. Never been to a nursing home, but that was the first time. And ministering there really broke my heart because well, there was a lot of Christians in that nursing home in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, so that's what this is. Same kind of man, certain men. So I ministered to certain people in the nursing home because I perceived that they had some faith to hear the Word of God. And so I ministered to them. Those others in the nursing home there in Tulsa, I was talking about, talking about, uh, I saw uh, and perceived that they didn't want to hear the Word of God, just like the lady who pulled away from the gas pump here, because there's a gas station right behind the station, right behind the camera. I perceived, you know, she had no faith to hear. She was mad and angry that she could even saw me standing here. She was furious. <laughs> Well, God bless her. Lord, I thank you that she will receive God's word. All right. So a certain man at Lystra, impotent in his feet. So it's in his feet, all right. Being, being a cripple. So here's God, uh, here's an example of God giving you the definition of what impotent here means in this context. Because you could think, well, I know what impotent means. Well, me maybe do. But let's go back to this context and see how God is going to use that word impotent in this story here. And so we know that by the next part here. It's impotent in his feet. Being a cripple. So he was a cripple. Impotent was cripple. He's crippled. So you can use the word cripple. When you see, you can use the word impotent. You say, okay, that means he's a cripple. Not just crippled in his body, but crippled in his mind, crippled in his emotions, his emotional makeup. Uh, it could be all kinds of ways. When a car breaks down, you can say, uh, that car has become impotent. <laughs> it broke down. <laughs> so that's just, it's crippled, all right? Crippled, and he's gonna give you where he's crippled at, or from, uh, from his mother's womb. So it's kind of giving you some history in a real brief format. So when God tells you the next part, it's gonna have more power. Because if he just says he was a cripple and Paul healed him, you'd think, oh, that's no big deal, right? So he's kind of telling you a story. Now, why is God telling you a story here? The reason why God's telling you a story here is he's uh, painting a testimony type picture. Because in a testimony, it's an A to a Z format. Now, excuse me for yelling, because it's very noisy out here. We got several lanes both ways, a lot of trucks, a lot of cars. I got a gas station right behind me. So I apologize that, that I sound loud. <laughs> But I can't hear, hear, my, hear myself talk. I'll put my, hip, my uh, uh, things in my ears after I'm done here. All right, so he's telling a story, and that goes back to Revelation 12, 11, right? We overcome the devil by the, words of our, by the blood of the Lamb and by the words of our testimony, and we love not our life unto death. So you can see that this crippled man loves not his life. He doesn't love being a cripple. Did you know a lot of people enjoy and love being a cripple? The reason why they do that, the reason why they love being a cripple is because they get so much attention. I saw that in the nursing home back there in Tulsa. I saw that. A lot of people live their life, they don't want help. They don't want to be, because uh, they get so much attention. That's a problem with a lot of the homeless. They get a lot of attention. They want attention. Look at me, look at me, look at me. All right? And, uh, but we see that this is not the case with this man. 
So now we have some things going on that will help the cripple be healed. Be healed. All right? Watch. Watch this. So I put his feet being a cripple from his mother's womb. I mean, you kind of think about his mom, too. How many mothers have children that were born crippled? Yeah. You know, I have, I have two children that passed away in their youth, and uh, they're in heaven. And, uh, yeah, God bless you, man. <laughs> Guy rolling by on his bike. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a heart-wrenching thing to have a child uh, who's crippled or who passes away in uh, that infancy of basically being born. Our, my two children that died, they died at birth. And uh, it was really... Uh, took a long time to overcome it. So maybe this mother here had been praying for her son. I don't know that, doesn't say that, not important, I guess, uh, but it mentions the mother. So, okay, mentions the mother. We got a lot of people looking over here. Uh, isn't that great? From his mother's womb, who never had walked. So it's really clarifying. This man never, ever walked. So he doesn't know how to walk. You got to get that in your mind too. So in his brain are not the uh, uh, mental ability to walk. Because when you're young and you, uh, how do you walk? You just stand up and start walking? Oh, it's time to walk. And you just stand up off the ground from crawling around the living room and you start walking. It doesn't happen that way. You have to train your body on how to walk. So you, you know, you crawl up there and you get on the couch and you, you know, you know how to do it. And uh, that's how we learn to walk. We learn to walk. So that's another miracle that's taken place here that's really interesting, really interesting. Kind of like uh, when God calls you to preach. Well, I don't know how to preach. Well, you just uh, receive the calling to preach, and guess what? You'll be able to preach. If you want to be healed, do you have to study on how to be healed? Uh, just study the Word of God, pray, and receive your healing. I've been healed many times, physically healed. No doctor or hospital could heal me, but God healed me. He's the great physician, right? Just like that talk we did with Brian Cranford, the great physician. Jesus Christ is the great physician, and he trains us as doctors. So we get a PhD in Jesus, <laughs> a doctorate in Jesus. <laughs> For those who want it, who are willing to pay the price to receive that doctorate. All right, so there was a certain man in Lustra, impotent from his feet, being a cripple from his mother's womb, who never had walked, verse nine, the same, so this guy here, the same guy we're just talking about, who we built a case around, so now we know exactly who this guy is. Very certain, very individual. <laughs> I kind of like that because uh, some people say, well, if God's a healing God, why did he heal everybody in the hospital? Well, Jesus didn't even do that. When he went by the pool of, uh, uh, whatever that pool was that everybody sat around, and if, if when the angel came down and stirred the water, the first person in the pool got healed. You know, he walked by, a guy asked the guy, uh, how come you're not getting healed? He says, I, I've been here all my life and I can't seem to get in there because somebody else jumps in the pool. He said, well, stand up and walk, you're healed. And he kept on trucking. But he didn't heal everybody around the pool. So, you know, why? I don't know. That's one of the mysteries of God. Why does he save everybody? Well, everybody has a chance to be saved. Everybody has a chance to be healed. How many choose that? I chose to be saved. I chose to be healed. Now you can choose not to be saved and go to hell, or you and or and and or you can choose to be healed, or you can stay sick the rest of your life. 
It's up to you. You can make any choice you want. You have a free will. It's in the Word. We're healed already. We're saved already. We're delivered already. Everything's been set up already. All we have to do is, Lord, thank you. Receive it. But many are so hardened in their brain, hardened in their heart, they can't receive that. And I don't, you know, pray to God, put that, take that stony heart out of that believer's heart, believer's life, and puts a heart of flesh. We say that about the sinner, but I tell you, Satan does that same thing to Christians. He hardens the Christian's heart. Hardens it, hardens it, hardens it, hardens it. In fact, one of the greatest haters that I get on the street, in fact, all my life actually, but mainly over the last four years, the greatest haters are those who know all about God, who know Jesus and know the Bible. They have hardened their heart for whatever reason. My mom was a perfect example of that. From uh, probably about 25 years age, I was, she was 24, 25 when she had me. Probably She was probably 27 by the time. Uh, she hardened her heart through those couple years and she stayed hard. Her heart was like a rock for 60 years until she was 86, 87 years old. And she, uh, I've been praying for my mom all those years. Not those years, but when I, you know, got of age. And uh, after I got saved, all kind of stuff. And uh, eventually, praying for my mom over and over and over and over. God showed me a vision that she was touched. I gave my mom a call immediately. I was in the kitchen when I saw that vision. And I called my mom and she told me the story that just that morning that I got the vision, she said, or I got the vision, I called her and said, something happened in my home today. And she called me by that wicked name that I've told about. And uh, she uh, was touched by God in, that, in her, in her uh, bedroom when she woke up that morning. And uh, she got in her hope chest and dug out her Catholic Bible. She put the Bible on her nightstand and prayed and recommitted her life to God after 60 years of having a hard heart. Can God soften a hardened heart? You bet he can. If you repent and you turn to God, he'll give you a soft, tender heart. My mom's in heaven right now because she did that. But why did she do that? On her own? Nope, 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 nope. She did that because she had somebody praying for her. My guess is that nobody was praying for her because none of her friends were Christian. None of her co-workers were Christian that I'm aware of. None of her family members were Christian that I know of at that time. But guess what? She had one person, me, praying nonstop, believing God, that God would touch my mom. Also my dad, but my dad refused all the way to the day he died and he went to hell. Is it because of, not because I didn't pray for him? Nope, sorry. But my mom's in heaven because one person, at least one person that I'm aware of, prayed for her. That's why I tell people, pray, 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 and never give up on them until they're gone. When they're gone, stop praying. Don't keep praying for the dead. They're gone. They're dead. Okay? <laughs> Sorry. I had to tell somebody that, I guess. Because, you know, there's a lot of older people. A lot of people are dying on us. Stop praying for When they die, you stop praying for them. All right? Where's that in the Bible? There's a lot of places, but the verse that comes to my mind is when uh, David's son uh, that he had with uh, illegitimate son uh, died. 
and he was mourning the whole before he died the child before he died he was mourning he was praying he was doing everything to get God to heal his son but his son died and so when his son died he got up showered up cleaned up put his clothes on and went to dinner and everybody else started mourning they didn't mourn before that they mourned after that and got all upset and they asked David how come you why come you're not mourning he's dead nothing I can do about it now he's dead and that's what David's a good example right Jesus even used David as an example. All right, get back on the word here. Verse nine, the same, the same person heard Paul speak, heard, heard, you hear that, heard. He had ears to hear the word of God being preached. Also know that we know that Paul now was preaching the pure word of God because of the result, the consequences of his seed being sowed in that man's heart. What happens if he didn't have ears to hear, right? What happened? He wouldn't have heard the word of God. A lot of people hearing me right now don't have ears to hear that they can be healed. They can't hear, they don't hear that. It goes right over their head, their ear, it just shuts down. Their heart is so hardened towards healing. They don't receive it. All right, doesn't matter to me. I'm still gonna preach it because I believe in it and it's in the word of God and I'm gonna preach it. You can be healed today, even as you're watching that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, receive your healing. And if you don't get healed this instant, then just, oh, God didn't heal me. You stay in faith. You don't get out of that faith. You stay there until God says, okay, well, let's change that. And God will tell you what to do next. But you stay in faith. Why do you stay in faith? Because faith pleases the Father. And you want to please your Father, which is in heaven, don't you? Yeah, we all do. We all do. We all do. All right, so he had... He, uh, so the same, heard Paul speak, who steadfastly behold, now who? That's Paul. So Paul steadfastly beholding him. Think about that. So in that, those two words, steadfastly beholding him, when you slow down, like I tell everybody, when you read the King James, read it slowly and deliberately with the spirit of truth. So you'll get those two words, Right here it says, steadfastly beholding. And you stop right there. Those two words, you stop and now you ask the Holy Spirit, steadfastly beholding. And soon after that, you should hear the Spirit of God say, the Spirit of God, I was moving in Paul's life and I showed Paul that man, that certain man. Because there was a lot of people he was preaching to, not just that one man. There was a lot of people. But the Holy Ghost, through these two words, steadfastly beholding, that means the Spirit of God was moving in Paul, and the Spirit of God directed Paul's sight to look directly at that man's soul and perceive that he had faith in his soul to be healed. See that? That's how you really get the Word of God. So that's why you don't read the Bible like a novel, like a mystery novel. That's why modern textual critical Bibles are built that way. They're, so you don't really see the, the Bible. You just read it like a book. And you go, go on about your day. Oh, I read the Bible. It's a nice story. It reminds me of Huckleberry Finn or whatever. <laughs> Robinson Crusoe, whatever, you know, or Moby Dick, you know. It's just who knows, you know. But uh, when you read the Word of God, it should remind you of the Word of God, Jesus Christ, not of some you know, John Grisham novel, <laughs> you know, The Jury, you know, which is out right now because of all the junk that's going on. 
All right. All right, so let's go back into here. So Paul, steadfastly beholding him, the certain man, and perceiving. Now, where did that perception come from? Did it come from Paul's ability? He's so, so uh, wonderfully made that only Paul can have this kind of spiritual perception that he can have x-ray vision and look into the man's soul? No. See, a lot of people don't get that because they don't live in the Spirit of God. When you don't live in the Spirit of God, you don't get some of this stuff because you're living with your brain and your physical eyes. Well, I don't live in my brain. Preacher John doesn't live in his brain and his spiritual eye, uh, physical eyes. I live in my spiritual mind, the mind of my spirit, and the eyes of my spirit. You hear that? That's where we have to get to. How do you get there? By spending time with God. By spending time in the presence of God. A lot of other things, but that is a good place to start. Okay? Perceiving that he had faith to be healed. He had faith to be healed. So when you go to, let's just jump over real quick to Hebrews 11.1. 1, because faith is really important. Hebrews 11.1, 1, a lot of people really kind of know what faith is. They say it so fast, they think they know it. A lot of people, when they talk about faith, they always refer to some secular story. I try to stay away from secular stories. And, uh, and I'll give you an example. I don't want to use that as an example for this uh, Hebrews 11.1. 1. But, you know, if you listen to preachers, they'll say, well, you know, I have faith that this chair will hold me when I sit down. I mean, don't think about that. That stuff is stupid. You know, go to the Bible to give your reason and why you have faith. So here it says in uh, Hebrew 11, chapter 1, it says, now faith is, so now it's a present tense, it's current, it's not past, it's not future, it's right now, it's present, is, so it is an absolute thing, is. Now faith is the, that's very singular, it's pointing to something very important, the. So you need to look at what the next word is, very important, and that is substance. Very important to look at substance. Some uh, word of faith movement have perverted that word and twisted and said it's something like, uh, you know, Star Wars, the force be with you, that kind of garbage. Stay in the Word of God. Use words that are in the Word of God. So when you speak, like I, like I caught myself, I didn't say it out loud, I got a ladybug on my microphone. Hey, ladybug. <laughs> She's listening too. <laughs> That's kind of cute. Uh, I got my eyes focused on that ladybug now. <laughs> so I caught myself in the class, what I'm referring to as words, I caught myself in the class saying level. You know, that trees grow to a level. And immediately when I said level, I heard myself, I heard the Spirit of God inside my spirit say, that's not a good word. Now why is that not a good word? Because that word level points to new age. Now I don't want to point people to the new age, because this book here is not new age. Alright? But if you use the word height, grow to, height, to a height of 300 feet, and I heard that in my spirit. So I want to say that, that's, I caught myself saying that, but I didn't say it out loud. Oh, there goes the ladybug. I got tired of preaching that. <laughs> I was trying to convert the ladybug, <laughs> but uh, I got tired of preaching. So uh, use words in your vocabulary. You can. It takes a long time to kind of get stuff out of your mind and the Word of God. Try to use words that kind of make people think that you're um, pointing back to the Bible. I mean, in a general sense, okay? Anyways, that's enough there. Now, faith is the substance of things, things, things. 
thanks. What thanks? If you need to be healed, did this certain man that we're talking about need healing? Yeah. Did he need money? Probably. Uh, did he need a shelter? I don't know, maybe. Did, his need his, did he need his mom touched? Did his mom need something? Probably. But that's not what he was believing for. He was believing to be healed. He needed to be healed. That was the number one need that he had at that time, probably for a long time, all the way from his mother's womb. He might have just gave up and said, I'll be a cripple all my life. But that's not what he was saying in his heart because he had faith in his heart to be healed. And as Paul preached, that faith began to grow even more. So that tells us also that he had been planting the seed of faith in his spirit long time before that. It just didn't begin to grow at that moment. It doesn't work that way, sorry. Sometimes you gotta, it has to grow for a long time. But we don't know how old the man was. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. Did he hope to be healed? Especially when he started listening to Paul preach. His hope began to rise. Man, I think I'm gonna get healed today. Something inside of me is stirring. I can sense, you know, there might be an opportunity here to be healed today. I'm listening to Paul, something's going on. I can sense something. That man could have been saying that. We don't know that, but we see the result thereof. So we know his thoughts too, all right? All right, hope for, and the evidence of things not seen, the evidence. And the evidence this man probably had is that he had something stirring inside of him. And that stirring of his spirit is what caught Paul's attention in his spirit. Paul perceived that he had faith to be healed because the man's spirit was being stirred. Where's that in the Bible, right? That's where Paul said to Timothy, stir up the gift within you, right? Everything I say is a Bible verse. Kind of, you have to just kind of look around, right? <clears throat> All right, the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding him, perceiving that he had faith to be healed. Verse 10, said with a loud voice. You have to think about it. said with a loud voice. Said with a loud voice. Now there's several reasons why he said with a loud voice. But one could be a real, just a generalization. There could have been a lot of people. And if he talked too softly, he might not have heard. That could be one reason. There could have been many more. So that's why it says a loud voice. Just because this example here was a loud voice, that doesn't mean when you go to church, you have to scream at somebody to be healed. They're standing right in front of you and you're in a building. You don't have to scream at them. <laughs> but Paul wasn't probably in a building, could have been outside. I get the exact situation going on here, but there could have been a lot of people. However, I've heard it said when preachers on the platform and there's 5,000 people and somebody way back in the auditorium, the preacher said, I, the man right there in the green plaid coat, stand up, stand up, way back there. Yeah, way back there. I've, I've heard this said so many times. Right, yeah, right, you, yeah, right, you right there, stand up, be healed. And the man's healed right there. So he was yelling because of all the people. So that preacher who's standing on stage saw across the, across the sea of people. You know, that's kind of what happened here. That could have been what happened here, all right? Loud voice. Stand up. Oh, that's why I said stand up, right? <laughs> How about that? Stand up right, stand up right. 
on thy feet. So Paul commanded, that was a command. Now, where does commands come from? Number one, it has to come from the power of the Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord gives you power. Now you have to understand the power, and then you have to speak with authority. That's why people talked about Jesus. Who is this guy that has power and authority to speak the way he speaks? That's how you speak, power and authority. Right? And you get that from the Lord. Right? Power and authority. Uh, it says here, uh, stand upright on thy feet. And look what happened next. And he, the crippled man from his mother's womb, leaped and walked. He didn't stand. He almost disobeyed God. He leaped. <laughs> he just didn't stand up. He leaped to his feet and began to walk. And that's why in a lot of churches we tell people, what you couldn't do, you do it. You do it. If you can't stand up, stand up. If you can't move your arm, move your arm. If you can't move your head, move your head. If you can't bend over, bend over. If you can't hear, try your hearing. Because that's an act of faith. You move by faith. And you stand in that faith. You say, well, I can't, still can't move my arm. I guess God's not a healing. And I, I've told people beside me, hey, stop that. You're rebuking God's healing. Just be still. If God's going to heal you. Just be still. Quiet down, man. People get mad at me when I do that. I call people up short, go, oh, that guy's a nasty guy. And he goes off griping and complaining. Instead of receiving my rebuke, he walks off griping and complaining. I bet, I bet that's happened 40 or 50 times in my life. Because people gripe and complain. If they're not healed right now, this very instant, they gripe and complain all the way home. And they never shut up about griping. I tell someone, shut up, quit griping, quit murmuring. That's why a lot of people don't get healed. That's why a lot of people are in the midst. That's why a lot of people don't receive anything from God. God's not gonna bless your griping. Yeah. Just, you know, God knows what's going on, man. Like for example, where I live. I've been there for six years. I'm saying this because a lot of people gripe to me, especially this time of the year because a lot of people are moving around, they're moving into new houses, new neighborhoods, new apartment houses, and guess what I get? Oh, pray for my neighbor, pray for the guy downstairs, pray for the upstairs guy. I mean, I've got that for years and years and years. I said, oh my goodness, what am I gonna do? Anyways, if God moved you there, like he moved me there, don't you think God knew who was gonna move into that building? And if you think God didn't know, oh man, who moved into that building over there? Oh, and I put John there? Oh my goodness, what am I gonna do now? That's not God, that's Satan. <laughs> Satan can move anybody he wants into the apartment house that I live. And the reason they, Satan moved him there, Satan was thinking, I'm gonna get John now, I'm gonna get John now. He's gonna be mad, he's gonna be frustrated. But Satan doesn't know that I'm a praying man. God put me there and I'm moving by faith. I began praying for him. Many, many people have received Christ, have been set free, touched by God where I live for six years. I don't just live there a year and move, I stay where God puts me. God put me there, I'll live there, I'll die there until God brings me home or moves me to another place. But that's where I stay. My last apartment, I lived there for 12 years. People come and go, come and go, come and go, 12 times, I'm still there. Right now, I'm the oldest guy there. There's been so many move-in, move-outs, that's a brand new refurbished building. Thank God God had, you know. God knows who's living next door to you. 
So you better know who God is. I don't know why I said all that, but... He had faith to be healed. Said with a loud voice, stand upright on thy feet, and he leaped and walked. And when the people saw what Paul had done, stop right there. When people saw what Paul had done, you see the error there? You see what they're thinking? Yeah, they didn't say, oh look, they, they saw what God had done through Paul. They didn't say that. They said, they didn't look at God, they looked at Paul. Oh, Paul is a God. That's what people do with preachers. Oh, that preacher has to be perfect. If he gets mad or he does something wrong, he's no good. We're not going to listen to him anymore. Hey, we're all just men. We all fall down. We all have weaknesses. You look to God for everything. But these people were looking to Paul. Look what Paul did. I tell people when I lay hands on the sick and they get healed, John, thank you for healing. Hey, I didn't heal you. God healed you. Give him the glory. Don. It's not me. Not me. Not me. You don't receive any praise. Don't receive any glory. What happened to, to King Herod, Herod the king? What happened to him, right? He died right away. Magus began to eat him immediately because he didn't give God the glory. The people say, oh, he's so wonderful. Yeah, I'm so wonderful. Look at me, look at me. No, say, I don't want to die early. <laughs> I don't want to die early. So I give all the glory to God, everything, right? So they said what Paul had done. They lift up their voices, saying in a speech of Lyconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. You see what's going on? Satan had so many people filled with devils that that city was worshiping, actually, Satan. That's what's happening today all around the world, all around the world. And it's getting more and more and more and more. And we're having to make a choice. Do you want to hang around somebody who has a devil? Because if you do and you don't cast that devil out of that person, you better get away from them. Because that devil's going to affect your life. That's what happened here. Yeah. You don't want to hang around people that are serving Satan. I don't care if they call themselves a believer or they go to your church or go to your ministry or go to your work. You get away from them. Pull away. You're to be holy like God is holy. Right? You don't want to have unholy people around your life. The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. Verse 12. And they called Barnabas Jupiter, and they called Paul Mercurius, Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. So the only thing I want to highlight there, Mercurius, is how did they know that Mercury was the closest planet to the sun? See, that interesting? Now, I've never heard another Christian, another preacher, Another anybody ever say to me, they called him Mercury because that was the closest planet to the sun. And they worshiped the sun. There were sun worshipers, just like a lot of believers today have left Christ and now are worshiping the sun. The sun that's in the sky, the thing right above me. That's what they're worshiping. They have sun emblems, they have uh, sun songs, and they go and the sun rises and they bow down to the sun. These are Christians, believers. There's a very famous, famous, very, very popular, worldwide popular uh, Christian artist, singer, and that's what she does. I didn't mean to mean she, but that person does. They worship the sun, and she creates songs. 
They create songs based on that kind of worship. And it sounds Christian, sort of, kind of like. The very moment I heard the first few words, I knew instantly that's not Christian. But I have all, many Christian people have sent me their video, her videos, I mean, their videos, of, you know, music videos. Oh, this is so wonderful, John. You need to listen to this song. And I go, man, oh man, Christians are becoming so deceived. Don't let the deception in your life, man. Humble yourself before God. So that's interesting. Let's pray. So Lord, I thank you that we can speak the word of God out here on the street and uh, people receiving it, whatever they can receive. Uh, sometimes people can't receive the whole message, but they can receive bits and pieces of it. And I thank you, Lord. And if they don't like this message, I know you're going to bring me out tomorrow at another place, and I'll preach again on another sermon. And uh, there's an unlimited amount of sermons that we have. If if you know if that's you know that's how I see it, unlimited. And so, Lord, I thank you that Riley's still here, and I hope he got something out of this uh, message. I hope the people watching have received something out of this message. I know I did. And uh, Father, we give you all the glory for what do we have, what we have received. And if we need healing in our bodies, I pray, Lord, that they receive their healing now. If they need to have a devil be set free from them to be cast out of their life, Lord, I just pray that that devil leave now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Get out in the name of Jesus. Get out, get out, get out, get out, get out. Be gone. Lord, give them eyes to see what's in their home. Lord, give them ears to hear the gospel like they've never been able to hear before. And give them the heart that they've never been able to understand before, but they've just fully, completely understand your word like never before. And we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. All right? So tomorrow is Wednesday. I'm going to be out there at Folsom and Canyon, uh, and then church tomorrow. And uh, uh, if you're in Boulder, the area, you want to come to church, uh, text me or call me. We're all behind the Greek Orthodox Church on uh, J and 47th. And uh, if you want to drive down J and 47th, we're the second driveway on 47th, and uh, you'll see a church sign there somewhere in that area. <laughs> and uh, come on over. Uh, just know that we preach Jesus, but you can come as you are. doesn't matter who you are. You don't have to clean yourself up before you come to church because uh, uh, the Lord will clean you up when you get there. God bless you, man. I love you very much. Take care.